been a year since Chauvin's guilty verdict and two since the murder of George Floyd. Minneapolis and the world have searched and continue searching for answers, understanding, and a better pathway forward for policing. Police on Trial is a documentary investigating policing in Minneapolis and around the country. Mike Shum is a filmmaker who explores the ways in which we perceive and define home within the context of historical and cultural struggle. Growing up a son of of Hong Kong immigrants, Shum seeks to relate his own struggle through his body of work. Most recently, he directed his first feature debut, Police on Trial. This documentary, as I mentioned, is about the Minneapolis Police Department in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder. What new will we be finding in this documentary that had its premiere on May 31st? Good morning. Yeah, so I think what's important for people to understand is we've been covering this uh, period of time for the past two years, and I think taking a longitudinal approach, sort of watching things unfold over time since the death of George Floyd, I think in and of itself that kind of value has this understanding of what has changed in the city since his death. And moreover, uh, what my team and I do, especially uh, my producer and reporter, Marcia Robieu, uh, along with the Star Tribune reporters, we took the time to dig into police records and dig into Derek Chauvin's history as a police officer and his record of use of force. And then beyond that, we talked to former MPD officers who kind of shed light on the systemic issues that they themselves faced uh, previous to George Floyd, uh, George Floyd's killing. Was there a surprise or an aha moment as you were going through working on the background, the research for the story, for this documentary? I don't know that I would say that there was something surprising so much as it was clear that the messaging and the store sort of uh, uh, sort of public-facing approach to talking about Minneapolis public safety and Derek Chauvin's trial was that Derek Chauvin himself was a rogue officer, a, a bad cop, as it were. And yet, uh, when we well, when we see that sort of messaging in trial, for us, our line of inquiry was like, to what extent is that one true? And can we sort of unpack that? So for me, at least, and for our team, it was uh, maybe not so much surprising uh, as, as it was shocking to sort of learn that the multiple instances that Derek Chauvin engaged with uh, suspects and, and, and residents of Minneapolis uh, and escalated his, his tactics, and then this wasn't called to account over many years, mm-hmm. and then you know, obviously, finally coming to a tipping point. I, I think that's uh, that for us was indicative of a systemic problem, much less a, a, a one bad apple problem. So, when the report came out from the Minnesota Department of Human Rights, finding that the city's police has engaged in a pattern of racial discrimination over the past decade and failed to hold uh, problem officers accountable, how did that mesh with uh, the work that you've done in the documentary? To be honest, I think when that report did come out, there were degrees of validation in a lot of our reporting beats. When we had talked to former MPD officers, when he had seen uh, you know, surveillance and body cam footage of Chauvin's behavior, we could sort of see that there's some patterns and issues here. Uh, that being said, I mean, the findings from the report, such as, uh, you know, I guess designing uh, Facebook profiles to engage with certain groups uh, in Minneapolis. I found that to be quite surprising. Uh, so, so there were parts that I felt were, okay, we're on the right path. And a lot of what we're 
seeing is being confirmed by this by this report. And yet, there is still more in the report that I found quite surprising and shocking. Interesting. So, when listeners, our listeners, uh, watch the report, uh, what will be uh, eye-opening for our viewers, for the listeners, to this documentary on TPT? Personally speaking, I think well, there are two two points. One is, I believe that the detail in which our reporting really lays out a systemic question and concern of, with the department and policing in general. I think that's important. But also, I think what's difficult, what has been difficult over the course of these past two years is this issue is very politically divisive. And I think there are different camps, both extreme, uh, very much singing uh, both praise for uh, the future public safety when it comes to uh, like funding, uh, further funding the police department, but also there's a side of it that wants to abolish it. And I think there's a degree of political divisiveness that dehumanizes dehumanizes the situation. And for myself, I was talking to people, human beings on the ground, trying to figure this public safety issue out, crime, uh, racist policing, etc. I believe that when you really sit down with police officers and community members and activists, you really see human from the other side of you. And I think that's that's something important that I think I hope people actually take away from when they when they see this and and, uh, and can sort of draw from. Does your documentary uh, chart a pathway forward, Mike? I believe it opens the necessary door to say this is a topic that shouldn't go away, that shouldn't be forgotten in our, in our collective memory. I think when the death of the murder of George Floyd happened, there was a spark to change something here and policing in general. And yet, by the time we are finished pulling together the film, I think I wouldn't say there's a, 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 a suggestion or a plan forward in terms of policing, but I think for myself and I think for the people that have been filming for the past few years, we all care about this topic. And I think I'm uh, the chart, the turning forward has more to do with the momentum to actually care about this issue as much as we did from, the, from day one. Talk about, I know we're just about out of time, but can you talk about the personal impact this documentary has had on you? You've worked on a number of different uh, documentaries, uh, Predator on the Reservation and many others. How does this, how does this differ or how does it, uh, is it similar to the different documentaries that you've done? And uh, this, has this had any more or less impact on you as an individual filmmaker and director? I'd say every film has uh, uh, an immense impact on me, and this one in particular, uh, honing, the, for, forging these relationships and these connections with uh, police officers and activists and community members and uh, group organizers. I mean, the personal impact is in very much personal. I think for a lot of the other projects, I wasn't living in the places where these films were being made. Here, I live in the Twin Cities. I'm in St. Paul, and I frequented Minneapolis, and I think for myself, just learning about, in full measure, about where I am, where I live, and who I care about, and the many people I did grow to love and adore here over time, that's that's a... That's unquantifiable, the degree of impact it's had on, on me and, and, and my life. He's filmmaker and director Mike Shum of PBS Frontline. I know it premiered on May 31st. How can our listeners see your work? 
So you can actually watch it streaming online at PBS frontline.com uh, it should still be there uh at the website uh and on top of that you can actually youtube it there's a youtube channel devoted to frontline and the whole film is streaming online uh thanks to public broadcasting pbs.org forward slash frontline do you have a final thought for us mike i really appreciate uh, your insight on the documentary well thank you so much freddie i mean uh, it's no different from uh well actually let me just say, make the same point but with a quote uh, i think Angela Harrelson is uh, is George Floyd's aunt, who we followed in the film, and you'll see in the film if you choose to watch it. And she she very much had this point to say that even in the face of what she had experienced with her with her nephew George Floyd in trial, she herself saw Derek Chauvin as a human being. And I think in such emotional, angry times, we we tend to dehumanize each other, and I think it's important to bring that humanity back. Mike, thank you for chronicling this uh, important uh, phase of Minneapolis's, if not the world's history. And we can see it on, on online, tpt.org forward slash frontline. Thank you so much, Michael Shum, for being with us this morning on KMOJ. Thank you so much, Freddie. Really appreciate you all. It's our pleasure.